Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, along with my man Mike Blewett, holding it down for George Kurtz. Weekend edition right here. 844-843-6879. You're listening live. You got comments, questions, you want to get involved, please make sure you hit us up. Roto Express exclusive edge package for 2018 live and lit right now at rotoexperts.com. We're bringing out some old lines right now. I'm just having that discussion with Mike Blewett. He writes that column in the exclusive edge package. That should be ready to go a little bit later on this week. Mike, what is good with you, buddy? Uh, not much, man. I'm uh, excited. I'm in hour five now of my programs today, but I feel like I've got a lot of energy. I had a birthday Power party. Through. Yeah, I had a birthday party for the three-year-old yesterday. I've been watching Wimbledon, the World Cup. I've been talking AFC West. I'm talking offensive lines. I feel like I had a good amount of energy today. I was drinking for 12 hours yesterday. <laughs> a boy. How's Jersey? How's Jersey <laughs> Uh, everything I thought it would be. So I had a, uh, definitely yeah. went down there. I'm sure it was. Belmar is an interesting place. Yeah. <laughs> had a good time out in Belmar at DJ's Carton and Friends crew out there. So, um, definitely was a good time. And Who was the MVP? Out. Who's the MVP of the, uh, Carton and Friends crew yesterday? I would have to go with Craig was the MVP. He All had right. the microphone, you know what I mean? Had to, sure. uh, you know, getting his DJing done and stuff like that. So, uh, he was the MVP of the LVP. But it, yeah, uh, well, I guess you may want to. I kind of was too um into my own thing, <laughs> but no, I, I you Michelle can never be the the LVP. When is Michelle not ever the MVP? That's true. Good point. That's well well played. Very politically uh, correct answer there, and very uh, I appreciate your your gamesmanship, your politicizing. So it's all done, all good. I hope you had Thank fun. You. It looked like it was fun. Oh, it definitely was a good time. Some Very different contest. from my three-year-old birthday party, I would imagine. Yeah, no, no, different vibe altogether. Yeah. Different vibe altogether. I don't think yes. you uh, – well, never – I don't – did you did, – did, did she get a hula hoop? No, no. Yeah, but there you go. <laughs> we had a kiddie pool. I set up a tent for the grandparents and, uh, you know, threw back a couple of cold beverages myself, but uh, not at the pace I would were back in the day uh, on the Jersey Shore. No, definitely different different vibe altogether. Um, but I've been to some of those uh, birthday parties, so I, yeah, I know you definitely had a good time, and those are always cool, too, yes. every now and then. But every now and then, you do got to go for that 12-hour marathon down the Jersey Shore. Yeah, um, we'll see what happens at the Dave Matthews concert on Wednesday night. <laughs> maybe I reclaim some old times. Yeah, maybe you go back for it, huh? You go in <laughs> yeah, there and maybe. get one more round. Yeah, you got to go we'll to work see. on Thursday morning, though. That's right. That's the problem. And yeah, I probably don't want to sleep Hydrate. on the couch Hydration. Wednesday night. You probably don't want to sleep on the couch Wednesday night either. No, <laughs> I, I, You know, I'm the type of cat, though. I've always been a, if I come in the house a little bit too banged up back when I was living that life, I would automatically sleep on the couch rather than get told in the middle of the night to go to the couch. 
Yeah, you don't want to be snoring and waking people up and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I just, you know, sleep it off on the couch, and, uh, and nobody's worse for wear the next day. The, 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 women's noses are like no noses. <laughs> like right. the nose of a mother, a wife, that nose picks up scents that, you know, yeah, that the average nose does not pick up. So you, and that's yeah, a good and thing they, because yeah, and they they can hear the second you walk in the door, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they do have I that. Make sure I'm on the street intuition. narrow whenever I there. Come you home. go right there. You make sure that you get that job done properly. Mike blew it. <laughs> Let's sure. go get in back Thank into you. these offensive lines. Um, who's up next for the um? As far as you look at the pro football focus ones, which we're going over right now, it's the Los Angeles Chargers, who you just mentioned. Or did I go up too far? No, it's not. It is the Cincinnati Bengals, who we spoke about earlier. Has Oof. there been improvement? Mm, I, I suppose you could say yes, because they drafted Billy Price uh, in the first round. So they needed to address the middle of the offensive line for sure. They traded for Cordy Glenn in the offseason. So they have a veteran left tackle, which the left tackle position was a mess from the time Andrew Whitworth left. Um, now they address it with Cordy Glenn. He'll be the starting left tackle. Clint Bowling, who's been there for a couple of years, slots in at left guard. Billy Price now a first-round draft pick for them at mm-hmm. center. Right side of the line with Jake Fisher, Trey Hopkins, not as strong, but you have Cedric Ob- uh, Obuhe, who is a former first-round draft pick in 2015. He'll provide some depth. So mm-hmm. from last year to this year, absolute improvement they've added two starters who should be quality one is a rookie but if he's going to win the job in camp you have to feel pretty good about him especially uh, as a center into it. yeah uh so yeah i think they'll be all right you know then you have the combination of mixon and geo bernard i've always liked the talent they had at running back so um Am I feeling great about this offense no but the offensive line is better and joe mixon should be more efficient you know, I feel like people are starting to disrespect A.J. Green. Uh, I think it's all tied to the quarterback. Really? He's one of the That's best four or five quarterback uh, wide receivers in the NFL. Easy. Yeah, but If you had a name off your top five, he's in it every time. Talent-wise, right? I think I would agree with you. Talent-wise, I think I, I definitely do agree with that. It's A.B., it Julio, Odell, A.J. Green. That's my top four. And then Michael Thomas is making a push along with Keenan Allen and he is a couple definitely other getting guys. close. You're right about that. He is definitely getting close. That all. That all. Michael Thomas. Um, yeah, he's going to put up a monster season again too. So people. What are you really doing with this? Talking about him. What you doing with this running game? Oh, I'm scared. Mixon scares me again this year. Hundred percent honest with you. Mixon frightens me again this year. Mm, I, I think that if he's your RB one, you've waited too long, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So you don't like him as a one? I don't think I do. But he's right behind. But here, here's the thing. In this conversation, I want to make sure I have it on PPR settings right now. Yeah, I do. Um, he's right behind Jarek McKinnon, Devontae Freeman, LaShawn McCoy. Two serious question marks out of those two for me. One in McCoy because of the reasons we mentioned earlier. One is McKinnon because he hasn't done it before. Everybody signed off on Kyle Shanahan and this offense, and it's going to make superstars out of everybody. I get it. But it's a lot to expect all at once for Jarek McKinnon to just be a fantasy superstar. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of speculation. Um, whereas Mixon, it's his second year in the league. He's coming into his own in this offense, which won't be a great offense. But uh, there's probably less question marks about him than there are 
even LaShawn McCoy and Jarek McKinnon. Christian McCaffrey a few slots in front. I just think McCaffrey catches somebody passes. He's going to earn his way as an RB1. But I'm not, I was down on Joe Mixon last year. I'm not down on him this year. I just don't think he can be your RB1. He could push for it, but I'd rather have somebody in front of him unless you're going zero RB. But even if you're going zero RB, he's going to pass you by too, right? I would be think one of so. the top 15, 16 guys gone. So you're going to be looking at other guys if you're going these zero RB and you're looking at Jay Ajay and, you know, Derrick Henry and those types of guys. You know, what's funny is I don't – under no circumstance, really, do I see me having him this season. And, like, and, I, and I agree. It's because the offense in general is the quarterback. It's the, off, it's the whole thing stinks, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I wouldn't feel particularly great about having anybody not named A.J. Green either. And this is somebody that might be staring down the barrel of Tyler Eifert as my second tight end in, in Scott Fishbowl, an extreme. That's lucky. a mistake right there. Yeah, I know. I don't love it, but, you know, sometimes chances have to be taken when you fade the tight end position for, like, 15 rounds. I can, um, tell, you how that's, I can tell you how that's going to end. He's going to play three games and get hurt. He's going to go on the IR with a back injury. Yeah. I, I can't believe he's still story. playing football, to be honest. I, I 100% agree with you. I, I could have swore he retired this offseason. Yeah. I Mike, mean, it's, it's hot don't. in this joint. I'm going to attempt to turn my ear on. Hopefully the noise is not um, uh, go for it. mess it up. You know what I mean? Go for it. Yeah. As you said. Uh, I mean, I, we want to be cool. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you got to cool, uh, so fresh and so clean and so cool. So There you go. <laughs> but they were 32nd in yards last year, this offense. So that's dead last in the league uh, with 4,400 yards. Um, points, they were 26th in the league. Their offensive efficiency last year was terrible. They were, Corey, listen to this. This is crazy. They were 31st in the league in average drive time. They were 32nd in number of plays per drive. They were 32nd in yards per drive. So those driving down into those a little bit shows you how inefficient they were. And it really was on the back of how badly they were running the ball. 29th in yards per attempt, 31st in total yards, 29th in rushing attempts. They just could not hang on to the ball. Their time of possession was bad in almost every game, and it's why – they slid to such a bad season, but they win their last two, and they bring Martin Lewis back, and they, I guess they think all is well because they beat the Lions and Baltimore Ravens. No, because they can pay Marvin Lewis $175 a game and $40 $40 cheerleader <laughs> pay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like 40, cheerleader pay. And make him $40 a practice. So that's what Marvin Lewis is uh, working with right now, and, and that's what they love about him out there in Cincinnati. You know, those numbers you rattled off, they sound like a, a historic – that wasn't like an historic all-time worst NFL offense. Was it in the conversation? Um, it probably, I mean, <clears throat> I guess it depends. Relative to the other offenses in the league, it was pretty damn bad. Uh, I'm sure their numbers, their total numbers are better than some of the uh, all-time worst. worst but yeah. uh-huh. they were, because of their offensive line, they were one of the worst offenses in the league last year, no doubt. All right. that's That stinks for them right there. Um, and but it's gotten better on the offensive line. I just know though that it's the quarterback all the way ain't got fixed. better. Yeah, the quarterback didn't get better. <laughs> you, you you don't have to tell me that twice. He played all sixteen. <laughs> he played all sixteen games. He completed less than sixty percent of his passes, which is um, you know um, 
not where you need to be. 25 to 12 touchdown interception ratio, but he threw for 3,300 yards. They didn't even attempt 500 passes. It's a 7 and 9 team. And they got to 7 and they backdoored the 7 and 9 finish, by the way. They were 5 and 9. They'd just gotten annihilated by the Bears and the Vikings. And they somehow beat the Lions. And then they pulled off that miracle against the Ravens. So remember, I think yeah, if people remember. look at them and be like, this is a 7 and 9 team. That's how the Bills got into the playoffs because of that crazy play at the end of the year uh, with Dalton. That Dalton hit a touchdown pass. But. Um, I think the seven and nine may be throwing people off the scent that this team is headed in the wrong direction overall. I wonder why they brought Marvin Lewis back when it sounded like Marvin Lewis was going to be out that joint. He was. If they finished five and eleven, why would you bring him back? They've been. He's been there fifteen years. They've never won a playoff game. Never. But wasn't there rumors that he was going to call it quits himself, or that he yeah, was going to get? Been, no, it was rumors that he was going to get fired. There was a lot going on. There was a, It was to the point where, like, 10 games into the year, he was already batting away questions about his future. And then there was strong rumors. That's going to happen again this year. even talked about it, that he was going to be uh, in a front office role, move out of mm-hmm. a head coaching role, and they just move him into a front office role, whether it's, uh, you know, like a Tom Coughlin role, president of football operations or uh, whatever the title may be. Pick whatever title you want. But – didn't happen. They just feel like he's the guy to lead the team. I think they're wrong because um, consistency and uh, continuity is really good in some instances. But if that continuity nets you zero playoff wins in 15 years, I think you move in another direction. That's me. It's not. That's not too continuous. I don't know if that's a word or not. <laughs> but, continuous? Uh, continuous. Continuous. There you go. Continuity. That's yeah. what it is with them, right? Oh, the, oh, my goodness. Did you see the fight, speaking of the Bengals, with Pac-Man and the dude in the airport? I did. Oh, how about that? Innocent. Hey, listen. How about that? Uh, good for good for Adam Jones. For the first Not time his ever. fault. <laughs> listen, when Adam Jones first got in the NFL, Mike, remember, it was supposed to be like he was like Willie Horton. He was like, you know what I mean? This... <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this guy's coming reference. This guy's coming to take everything away from you. He doesn't need to be in the NFL. But then he went for a stretch where after that 2009 suspension, for five or six years, the guy was so quiet, you forgot he was in the league, and he's a solid player. Marvin Jones really saved him. Like, he mm-hmm. really did. Um, I think he got through to Adam Jones in a way that other people couldn't. Uh, he wasn't. He was virtually for five years a, a, a close to a model citizen. Um, mm-hmm. But when he first entered the league, to your point, he reached what Bill Simmons, the ESPN, uh, the ringer writer, formerly of ESPN, termed the Tyson zone. He had mm-hmm. reached that, which meant that anytime he read something about it, he was believable. As crazy <laughs> yeah. as it was. Like Adam Jones, you know, he got into a fight and some woman slapped him in the face and he slapped her back. Like, that actually happened. And then, yeah. like, you know, Adam Jones got into a fight in an airport with a guy that works at the airport. That actually happened. <laughs> yes. Do you know he went to a strip club and brought, like, $100,000 and just threw it up all in the air and people ended up getting shot? Like, yeah, that actually ended up happening. So it didn't matter what story you told about him. It was believable. That was where he was at. Unfortunately, stuff like this still seems to follow him, but to, to defend him in this instance, the other gentleman was arrested, and Adam, I think, is uh, free to go.
I mean, you working at the airport, you know what I'm saying, working at the cleaning service, cleaning up Terminal B, you know what I mean, and you see Pac-Man Jones rolling through and you decide to pick a fight with him, that's a bad mamma jamma too, huh? <laughs> to put it in your terms, yeah, to put it in your terms, you're not about that smoke. You don't want to yeah. be messing yeah. with guys like that. What, and yeah. NFL players walking through the airport and you just pick a fight with him? By the way, you're at work. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Leave him alone. What did he say to you? Apparently, the gentleman was the first guy to make the gesture. That's what he I'm saying. A, what are yeah, you he, such he, a big Ravens fan? I don't even know what you're. Uh, are you gonna pick a fight with one of the Bengals? Hartsville Jackson in Atlanta. Yeah, that's in Atlanta. Hartsville Jackson. Yeah. By uh, the way, then Hartsville, Corey, Hartsville I'm a big sports Airport. fan. I'll never be that big of a fan that I'll pick no, a I'm fight not, with no, a guy uh-uh. that's on the team. No, no, crazy. Like I, I, I despise the New York Giants. But me and me and uh, me and um, what's big? You boy and Olivier name? Verner are cool. If you walk by yeah, one another listen, in an airport, there you go. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> right. All right, when we come back on the other side. Continue to talk about these offensive lines and break them down. Fancy football frenzy weekend edition right here on FNTSY Radio. Coming up next. How about that? The aforementioned New York Giants. Saquon Barkley going in some of, going in top fives of drafts now. Is that worthy of it? Is he worthy of it? Excuse me. We'll let you know when we come back on FNTSY. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Let this one ride a little bit, Angle. I'm quite sure you heard this growing up in the Angle household. <laughs> Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. You know, Scott, the big old school hip-hop head. Scotty Roto Love. Experts, yeah, Scotty. This is exactly right, Mike. Scotty Love to you, Corey. This is from the Scotty Show Love era. Kango Scott, Scotty Love era right there. Don't push him because he's close to the edge. Roto That's Experts right. exclusive edge fantasy football package live and lit for 2018. Hop on over there right now. You get the all-in kid, Jake Seeley's rankings. You get all Scott's great work. Uh, you get Mike Blewett, his offensive line rankings. Everything you like about it take you from pre-draft all the way to week 17. Promo code to use is all-in kid. So, if I was to tell you a team had average 13 points a game last season, a team um, had one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive line in football. A team that uh, benched their quarterback. A team that went back to said bench quarterback. Fired their head coach in the middle of the season. Well, towards the end of the season. Brought in a new head coach. 
going to teach everybody a new offense. I would say that you were crazy to tell me that five, six months after all of this happened, they have what's project what many are projecting as a top five fantasy runner, a top five fantasy wide receiver, and a top five fantasy tight end. That, my friend Mike Blewett, is the New York Giants. Yep. I don't get it. it yeah. And, and also, I've seen what's crazy is I've seen other projections. Well, there's a, a lot to sift through here because there are situations. I talked a little bit about this with Tony Sincata, like off the air. Shout out to there, my man, Tony Sincata. Yeah, he came on earlier today, too. He gave us a, nice. a shout when he came on with Jim Day. Uh, reminded me of old times when Jim Day, Tony, and I did a podcast together like 10 years ago. So, How about that? Um, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so Eli is ranked outside the top 20 quarterbacks, basically. Mm-hmm. But you have Odell and Barkley and Ingram all in the top 10 at their positions. Plus, mm-hmm. pretty good expectations for Sterling Shepard. So how do those all marry one another? Now, some people, and Tony brought up a point that Roethlisberger is a little bit like that, where people don't expect him always to be a, they expect him to be like a fringe QB1, but he's got the best running back and wide receiver in the entire league. Yeah, but they also average 30 points a game. The New York Giants haven't scored 30 points in like three seasons. Not in, not in Bob, uh, not in McAdoo's, I almost said Bob. Ben McAdoo's entire <laughs> always, always trips me up. Because you know what? Because Bob McAdoo is memorable. Ben is not. So that's no, he's why not. That comes up. Um, but yeah, in their in two seasons, they did not score thirty points. He was an offensive uh, genius, supposedly. They didn't score thirty points in his two seasons at the helm. So, um, so yeah, I have some question marks. I do like the fact that they signed Nate Solder. I do love the fact that they followed up by drafting Will Hernandez. So it gives them a veteran left tackle who may be towards the end of his career, but it can still be effective for a couple of seasons. And it has a guard playing right alongside him that should be legit too. Now, Eric Flowers has been a turnstile really anywhere that he's been. And he could slot in at right tackle right now. John Jerry, um will be there at right guard and then Brent Jones in the middle. So that's your unit. You have some other guys uh, as depth uh, possibilities, but it does, you do scratch your head a little bit and saying, wait, all they did was change the coach and now Eli and the whole offense is fixed. Yeah. It could happen. It could happen. It happened in LA, but LA also added two offensive linemen like the giants did. Um, but it does give me pause on Barkley in particular. Odell, I think the talent wins out when with Odell really every time. Uh, but it does give me pause on Barkley, and I'm likely to pick the guys that are around him before I'll pick him. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll probably look at Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt before Barkley personally. And it's not really, that talent. I, I, and I agree with you on that. Kamara, Hunt, Come on. Melvin Gordon, Gordon Cook. Gordon, Gordon Barkley is a tough debate. Gordon Barkley is a tough debate. But how yeah. much do you think the Chargers' offense is going to be better than the Giants? The Chargers would be a better football team. Yeah, Giants very well could have a better offense, though, if it hits like they say this that it's going to hit. Would you rather have Fournette or Barkley? I'd rather have Barkley over Fournette. At least I, at least I know that. For, at least, at least I don't know that Barkley is going to miss two or three games. Yeah. Can't say the same about Fournette. Yeah. I think Barkley's an amazing talent. 
I'd like uh, Barkley anywhere from eight back. But I, if Hunt is on the board, Kamara on the board, I'm not. I'm not taking Barkley. I've seen, Barkley's going in the top five. Barkley's going I, in some cases. I've seen Barkley go as high as David Johnson. Over I yeah, definitely do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Gordon, uh, I'll take Gordon Hopkins Barkley, over him too. Cook, Gordon Barkley. Yeah, exactly right. So you start. Yeah, you start talking about wide receiver ones in there too. You're pushing Barkley down. It's gonna be a minute before I take Barkley. We're probably getting to like ten before I'm looking at him. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> no disrespect to his talent again, but I just wonder if it can all come together. But that being said, they really did address the offensive line in a big way. They knew they needed a tackle and a guard, and they got them both. They spent a lot of money, and they drafted high. So to their credit, they drafted what has been the biggest weakness on the entire team for the last three seasons, at least. They have not been able to run the ball at all. It didn't matter who the running back was. They have not been able to run it. Now they have a guy that should be able to solve that. There's no debate as to who the number one running back is. There's no debate as to what the roles are. He's one of the few bell cow backs. That's why he's being drafted so high. It's just you wonder, of all of these elite backs, who's got a worse offensive line than him? The Steelers' offensive line is better. The Rams' offensive line is better. Dallas's is clearly better. The Saints' is better. The Chiefs' is better. The only one that's arguable there is David Johnson. We just went over that. Mm-hmm. So... That does come into play. That That's a deciding factor to me. I picked Alvin Kamara over David Johnson for that very reason, plus the suspension to Ingram helps too. Yeah, no doubt, and I agree with you on that. Kamara's a player I do like a lot this year. He's uh, definitely a guy that's climbing my board. Um, uh, you know, because all the things that you mentioned. Now, the How next could Eli team... be outside the top 20, though, and all those guys be so high everywhere else? How? I think you're looking at a, a history of Eli Manning disappointing when he's supposed to have the horses around him. And I know you're a Dallas fan, and you love to poke the bear when it comes to Eli. But do you think that Shermer could come in, settle everything, the offensive line plays better, Eli's clicking 4,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks, something like that? Not in one year. You know, Not so in you're one out year. on Eli still. I, I, I Listen, so I, older, 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 older quarterback is tough to learn to learn a new system. Hard, you know what I mean? After spending two years in the, learning a new system, now you got to come back and learn another new system. You got two MVPs of the Super Bowl. Why am I learning new offenses year after year? See what yeah. I mean? No, I, I, I get it. I, I think that was a big problem with him not finding, I think McAdoo just not finding a way for Eli to be successful. The numbers last year are, are really bad. He threw the ball 571 times, which was, and by the way, they benched him for a game. So Eli's pass attempts per game were up there near the tops in the league. The only guys that threw the ball more than him last year were Tom Brady and Phil Rivers. And I guess Brady didn't play. You know, Brady played in Week 17. So Eli basically threw the most pass attempts per game for anybody that started as many as 15 games. And uh, still he ended up with... He didn't even have 200 fantasy points last year, so it's pretty rough. That's 19 horrible. to 13 on the touchdown to interception ratio. He threw, he ran for one other touchdown, so 20 touchdowns, 13 picks. Now, Matt Ryan had a similar setup: 20 touchdowns, 12 picks, um, but he threw for 4,000 yards. And there's a lot of when you dive into Matt Ryan, there's a lot of sort of unlucky interceptions in there. A lot of red zone mistakes on the part of the team, not just him. So I like his positive regression more than I can buy Eli's, for example. 
Oh, Matt Ryan is a quarterback. I'm talking everywhere. I have Brady everywhere, and Ryan everywhere, and everywhere. Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, everywhere I want Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, in his career, he's always been good in the second year of a new system. And we started to see him clicking it down the stretch last year. The Falcons were one of the best teams in the NFC last year. They were a fingertip away from possibly uh, eliminating the World Super Bowl championship. I just rewatched it. It was on yesterday. I rewatched it in the midst of the three-year-old mm-hmm. birthday party. I, I rewatched the ending of that game. You had a lot going on, bro. You had a lot going on yesterday. I was like, I got to watch this. I can't believe because the you know the Eagles were out in that first round <laughs> in that first game, and they, they won because the Falcons just did not convert down there. They threw a shovel pass on second down when it was first and goal. They threw a shovel pass. They missed through it to Julio a couple of times. It's just kind of crazy. There were a bunch of catch rule reviews in that last drive, which went against them uh, on one time, went for them and the other. It was just really a wacky situation at the end of there. But and I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but you you made me think of something with Eli and, or with Matt Ryan. There is some crazy good value in that QB2 range that people are discounting, and I'm not sure – <laughs> why they're being discounted so much, namely Matt Ryan and Jared Goff, but I also would throw Marcus Mariota <clears throat> into that mm-hmm. mix as well. <clears throat> I feel like the Titans are poised for a bump offensively this year, but targeting guys like Matt Ryan and Marcus Mariota and Jared Goff, which are ranked 15, 16, and 17, you can wait all day on a QB drafting those guys and still end up with a QB1. Uh, I agree with you on that. I think Mitchell Detruth Trubisky could be in that conversation too. Also, I think really? I think he takes a, a leap. Th- I think he takes a leap this year, uh, Mike. I do. I do. They made I so many the changes, and they got mm-hmm. Matt Nagy there from the Chiefs, and it looks good on paper. But I think I'm out on the Bears because of him. Okay, I'm not a believer. Nagy or the truth. Trubisky. Well, you don't think it's the truth. <laughs> yes, yeah. not the truth. I don't, Trubisky. Yeah, yeah um, the, fa- uh, yeah. the falsehood. The falsehood, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I, well, we'll get to the beers. If not today, then later on in the week when you come in or uh, before you go to the concert. Um, yeah. when <laughs> when um yeah, nice, when you nice, look at it was nicely done. The line the from Seinfeld offer, that I was trying to give you is yes George saying to Jerry. Do you ever get down on your knees and thank God that you have access to my dementia? That is one of my favorite all-time it. Seinfeld lines. That's, that's what I was trying to uh, uh, illuminate earlier, but in any event. So, is, uh, yeah, what team's up a, next? The Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. Interesting. Baltimore Ravens. Interesting. So, uh, Alex, let's start with Alex Collins because he's the running back. At least we think. Like Kenneth Dixon still in the mix. You like him? Yeah, I think you get him pretty late. You okay. get him pretty late. Like the value's pretty good on him. RB two. You no problem starting your fantasy team coming into the season with Alex Collins as an RB two. <clears throat> I think he's uh, an RB two, and he's also potentially where I'm trying to think where he's ranked. Yeah, 18. I think he's a type of guy. I guess you can't even say he's a zero RB guy because he would go a little too early if you're doing zero RBs, right? Like, where is he going? Mm-hmm. Fourth round right now? But we'll say fifth. you went, yeah, fourth, fifth round. But, yeah, so he, you could start your team zero RB. He might be the guy you're looking to start it with. And I'd be okay with that if that's the route you're going to go. I don't marry myself to that. <clears throat> There's other guys that marry themselves to zero RB or zero wide receivers. 
<clears throat> I, I don't really go that route. Like, I did a hybrid thing for Scott Fishball. I took Kamara first and then waited a really long time to take the second one. I just loaded up with wide receivers in the interim. But um, to your point about the Ravens, <clears throat> Ronnie Stanley, still their left tackle. First-round pick, all intents and purposes, it's going well. Marshall Yonda, still one of the best guards in the league. He's at right guard there. They draft Orlando Brown, who famously had the worst combine of all time. Uh, they get him in the third round. So talent there, but he got he's likely to be their starting right tackle or possibly their starting right tackle. They also drafted two other guys a little bit later in the draft, but pretty good depth at offensive line. Is it one of the most talented? No, but they have two kick-ass offensive linemen in Stanley and Yanda, and then you know they're filling it in with some other guys that have experience there. So... I think they'll be okay, and it doesn't concern me. I, I think this is just going to be the same old Ravens kind of thing, though. Seven to nine, nine to nine and seven, right in that range. And I think they'll be, be challenging yep. for playoffs because John Harbaugh yep. is really good at exacting every ounce out of special teams that he can get. And But the problem is that the defense is getting old, man. It's old. Mm. Terrell Suggs is still On there. It's his 15th season. You got... Eric Weddle is still there. Tony Jefferson, good, and Brandon Carr are, like, veteran guys there, too. But that defense is old to me. It just feels old. And I don't, like, does the Flacco to Sneed, Crabtree, John Brown thing scare you as an opposing defense? No, hell no. No. Right. What does scare me is Lamar, what scares me is Lamar Jackson. But what, what, tell me your opinion what you really think that's going to, how's that going to play out? Just tell me what you think, how that's going to play out. He's going to have to get on the field. Like right away. He's going to have to get on the field. Like Cordell Stewart-like packages? Maybe something like that, and then after a while, the full-time starting quarterback. He takes the job this year. He does. So let's go to their schedule, so it'll it'll help us sift through it, because I think Flacco's going to be on the team this year. If they cut him, I think if he's a post-June 1 cut next year, it saves them like $18 He's like locked in on eight million, but it was saved them like eighteen million from that inflated contract that he has. Um, so this is it. This is the last Joe Flacco season. They don't really owe him anything anymore except money. You know, he's yep. he's the same age as Matt Ryan. They don't have to be locked in on him. He doesn't have to have the job anymore. You know what I mean? Because he's not a guy that's going to be lingering around for multiple seasons. It's it. It's done after this year. He'll be cut. Um, but here's their schedule. Shoot. Uh, froze up on me. So I'm going to give you their schedule right now. Baltimore Ravens start out against the Buffalo Bills. Nice soft landing right there. It doesn't matter who the Bills quarterback is or who the running back is. They open up against the Bills at home. Then they go to Cincinnati. Not so bad. Then Denver. Then it's at Pittsburgh. There's an L. At Cleveland. At Tennessee. I'll give them another L. Saints at Carolina, Pittsburgh. It starts to get jammed up there. But then Cincinnati, Oakland, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa, Chargers, Browns. Not a very tough schedule. He I starts the Saints could... game. What's that? He's a starting quarterback by the Saints game. So you're thinking it doesn't what go week well is that? those first six weeks. That's week seven. So you think they drop. Hmm. They're like three and three. Then you're going to put Lamar Jackson in on the at home against the Saints. Yeah. That could happen. Like if they're 3-3 three and three, but the offense stinks, 
Exactly. And that's what's going to happen. And I, and, I, and I think the packages, you're going to see the best play when Jackson is on the field. And one thing about that Baltimore Raven fan base, they've been wanting to get rid of Joe Flacco for a long time now. 844-843-6879, Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNCSY Radio. Wrap up some old line talk when we come back right here on the Frenzy, the weekend edition. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Big Pimp and the exec and Mike Blewett getting ready to bring it home. Fancy football frenzy. Weekend edition. FNTSY Radio Break It Down discussing some offensive lines. Let you know right now, Mike, the next one on the list is the Los Angeles Chargers. But before you break it down, don't forget RotoExperts.com Executive Edge Package for 2018. Live and lit right now at RotoExperts.com. Do our buddy Jake Fever, Jake Seeley, excuse me, a favor and use the promo code ALLINKID at checkout. Oh, okay, the Los Angeles Chargers. I got, I got two questions for you. Hang on. Sorry I didn't throw you off. But one, how fun would it be to be in Paris right now after they just won the it would be all, It's probably as awesome right now out there. It's be, a little better than Belmar. It's, yeah, a yesterday. little bit. <laughs> a little, just a tad bit. So that's one. Oh, man. And two, I know Craig had some – I heard uh, one of the promos. I heard Craig had some words for Serena. But I gotta give Serena so much credit for doing that, for pulling that off. Ten months after she had a baby, she nearly won Wimbledon. Uh-huh. That's crazy to me. And I just feel yeah, like his, we, his you and I is, and others talk about, yeah. um, like we talk about the more popular sports. But I'm just saying, in terms of, she's one of the greatest athletes we've ever had in America. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt on that. That right what was there, Craig's she might be exact the greatest athlete. She might well, right? Quick, I think Serena might be the greatest single sport athlete of our generation, of our era. Yeah. She's and she's easily yeah. the best women's athlete at this point of all time. Now, yeah. um, when you look at Craig, basically was saying was women have babies all the time and go back to work. Yeah, yeah, and it's a physical job though. I, I listen. T- you talking about Wim- you? You you would you would have run up at Wimbledon. You know, yeah. you had a baby ten months ago. So I know I, I I agree with both points. I I see both sides of it, which is probably no, not a good I, thing yeah. for me to do in talk oh, look, radio. I think <laughs> yeah, I, no. I think I think to your point that you made is her celebrity status gets people celebrating her motherhood yes. more than just mm-hmm. the woman who had a baby and six weeks later had a buster ass to get back to her corporate job to work seventy hours a week. They don't get any credit. There you go. So. I'm not overly patting her on the back for being a mom, and I hope she, I hope everything is great with motherhood and her child uh, and everything. I just do think it is really impressive to be the runner up at Wimbledon 10 months after you had something as physically demanding as having a baby is. That's what I'm saying. I've seen my wife have two babies. Not that easy to bounce back from. <laughs> you're right. This is true. I've seen both my – you're right. Hey, you listen – 
I definitely uh, give a shout out to all the uh, childbirthers, the moms of the world, you know. So yeah. I get so, it. And I, just thought, I just thought that deal. was a cool story mentally, that I wanted to touch on. Mentally, it's very <laughs> tough, too, mentally, especially with her constantly being tested for performance-enhancing drugs and stuff like that. So, yeah. But listen, um, Serena will be all right, though. Yeah. A lot she's of money. Good. I think she's all right. Yeah. I think she's good. She'll be fine. And she married, like, she married a, like the Snapchat like guy, too? No, she, something she like that. Like yeah, something, guy? something like that. Well, whoever she married is, is she's she don't have to worry about. They'll never have to worry. Then people can put their feet in money, yep. <laughs> and walk around yeah, their house like, like a Scrooge and, McDuck scenario. Exactly. Just so diving into gold right coins. There. So anyway, all right. So Chargers. <laughs> what do we got? I love. I love. I love. Um, Melvin Gordon. I wish his yards per carry were better. But I like the fact that you know he's going to be a volume guy. He's a three-down back. Get the ball at the red line, at the goal line. He's going to catch you 45, 50 balls. Everything about him is it's volume. Is he the most talented guy? No. Is that offensive line the most talented, though? Can uh, we see I that think, YPC go up above four? I think so. Forrest Lamp, their second round, very high second round pick from last year towards ACL in training camp. He's back. So he's effectively his first time in the San in the almost said San Diego. Los Angeles offense will be now. Clippers. They signed Mike Pouncey from yeah. They signed Mike Pouncey from Miami to be their new center. They drafted a center also a little bit later in the draft. And they have Dan Feeney at left guard is his second round his second year in the offense as well. He was their third round pick from last year. So the Chargers knew going into the, to the twenty seventeen season they needed to shore up the offense of line. They signed Russell Okung. They drafted Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp. This year, they have those three guys back, plus Mike Pouncey in the mix. Joe Barksdale, their right tackle, <clears throat> is a veteran guy. So I do think it's going to be better than it was a year ago. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, I think you like the potential for the offense <coughs> Excuse me, all the way around. Number one RB, Number one wide receiver, number one QB. I think that's the way it's going to go. The tight end position, I think it's to, it's de-emphasized. Even if Antonio Gates comes back, I think he's just like Hunter Henry was a big fa- big favorite of people's going into this year, but he played yeah. like thirteen games last year. Only caught forty five passes. He wasn't. He didn't I explode was, on the scene yeah. last year. I you know I hate to say it like knock on wood for the young man I hate to say it like this but as far as the hobby and what we do I know him going down with that injury he's a player that wasn't on my board Hunter Henry I like Mike Williams to have a breakout year this year so the crazy part is we talked about the AFC West earlier um, on Fantasy Sports Today with Kevin Walsh <clears throat> and I'll send out some interviews we did an interview with Jim Day and the Chargers an interview with Maurice Moton on the Raiders I'll send those out uh, after this show is over but um Mike Williams is going as the 59th wide receiver off the board I could tell you all the concerns I have about Mike Williams and his multiple back injuries and surgeries and how I have I didn't think it was a good draft pick for the Chargers last year because they they followed up their oft-injured number one wideout by picking an oft-injured top ten wide top ten draft pick. I didn't think that was the right yeah. strategy. But that being said, if you're getting Mike Williams as your wide receiver five or even six, you need to get in. You need to get in on that because that is He's that is definitely. a crazy dart. That is not even a dart throw. That's a good risk to take. 
I agree 100%. Well, when you look at the young man, his talent, not to mention a lot of people like this offense, a lot of people like Phil Rivers. Um, he can be a guy that can, um, you know, definitely take away some looks from Allen, especially now with uh, with no um, with no Hunter Henry for this season. So Pro I Football Focus ranked him for us. Sorry, go ahead. He's a player on the uptick, and I think uh, as a guy that's going to be on your bench to start the season, I think by the time you get deeper in the season, he'll be in your lineup. Yeah, Pro Football Focus ranked them, I think, as the sixth best uh, roster in the NFL. So, and Vegas wow. loves them. Vegas has them as the only team in the AFC West to have um, Ken wins to, to be to be negative money on is on the Chargers. The Chiefs are plus one twenty, okay. Raiders are plus one sixty five, Broncos are plus three twenty five, Chargers are at minus one forty five. Now Vegas really liked them last year, but they lost some pretty crazy games early in the season. Uh, and they were pushing for a playoff spot yeah, even towards the end of the year. So the thought process is that the whole roster's gotten better. They have Joey Bosa up front. They have Melvin Ingram uh, uh, as a pass rusher as well. They have no weakness. They don't. They really don't. Derwin, Tight end is the one thing draft, that's kind of falling apart on them. Yep. Then they draft Derwin James. Yes, and they have Casey Hayward, who's basically an all-pro, and Jason Verrett, who's a very talented corner, has suffered some injuries as of late, but – that could be a kick-ass defense and forcing a lot of turnovers and sacks. They're, they'd be a sneaky defense to take. Uh, we'll see where they're going in drafts. I haven't done too many team defense drafts as of late. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the fact um, of the roster. I worry about the coaching staff, and I worry about the fact that everybody's picking them. Uh, full disclosure, 100% honest with you, people have this charger team in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I if, wouldn't pick anybody but the Patriots. But uh, if they, if you're going off, if you're moving off of the Patriots or Steelers or Jaguars, that, that's your team right there. I think they win the AFC West. I don't know something about Andy Reid. If can if, if if Andy Reid and Kansas City can just get it right for a full season, you know Andy Reid is going to have a brain freeze at some point during the year. Maybe he has it early this year and he gets on his streak down the stretch. But, man, I tell you, between between September, between Labor Day and Christmas, there's no better coach in the NFL than Andy Reid. He's awesome. You and I have talked about it before. I, because of his lack of playoff success and, <clears throat> you know, no Super Bowl wins, look, he has a hard time managing the clock. We've seen that be a bugaboo for him for a really long period of time. But the one thing that – as much as I talk negatively about Patrick Mahomes and I don't know about the Big 12 and all this kind of stuff, the one thing he has on his side that you got to feel great about, well, two things, supporting cast, but I guess that's a 1A, 1B. Part of the supporting cast is Andy Reid. Andy Reid yeah. is all in on Pat Mahomes. That says a lot. Yep. He that had a starting quarterback, and he was like, you know what? We need a better one, and this is the guy. Let's trade up and get him. And now he's going to develop him. Went up. Pat Mahomes could not be in a better scenario. Interesting. And so you got to feel pretty good about 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 that about that right there. I just I think Kansas City, I mean, is going to be in the fight. I the thing with the problem with that AFC West is that division being so rough could be the best division in football pound for pound as far as top to bottom and the closeness of the teams, right? What I think could possibly happen is that division beats up on each other. That team that comes out of that division has to play in that first weekend, get a win, and then go to New England or possibly Pittsburgh and try to get another win. I think that's fair. I think that really could happen too. 
I'm a little out on the Raiders and Broncos, but I do think the Chiefs are one of those teams that are challenging. You know, right now, if you had to ask me, it's Pats, Steelers, Jags, Chargers win the divisions. And then I think you're looking at Titans. I like them to grab, to come back to the playoffs. And then you're looking at Chiefs and Ravens. And I guess the Raiders, you can throw them into the mix, battling for that other wild card spot. I would put Houston in that mix. That's true, too. I've I've been fading the Texans, I think, for too long, and I keep forgetting to mention them. But I'm really worried about that team overall. I can see what you, where you're coming from, especially with that old line uh, situation. They've almost fired oh, Bill O'Brien every year that he's there, or he's left because he's. His only, the only reason why Bill O'Brien has a job is because of Deshaun Watson. It's not a bad guy to to have your sights set on. I, I really like his talent. I just I think people are a little too hyped on him this year. Well, like he, here's my question about Deshaun Watson, and I know we're bouncing around again, but that's fine. Are you? In on Deshaun Watson because you think he's so talented, or are you in on it because you think the Texans are going to give up some points this year and he's going to be throwing it around to try to keep pace? I'm looking at, I'm looking at the talent. Got it. More, I would say, 70% the talent, 30% the other part of that. But the other part of it is probably true, right? I, I, as good as they That's, have I, I, on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know if they're going to run it that well. As Clowney... Did Damian Clowney live up to expectations, or were the expectations too high? They were a little too high, but I think he has now. It was hard. He was really hurt. Like, he had microfracture knee surgery. Like, he had really yeah. serious injury. It's amazing that he's come back and be as good as he is, but he might be the best player on their defense now because Watt has had multiple back surgeries. And coming and back off players his broken leg. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the next offensive line is ranked. Tampa Bay. Let me pull up. Uh, yeah, so Tampa Bay. Um, this is a tough one. This is going to be down near the bottom of the league, and I think that it's why I'm not as in on Ronald Jones as I am in on other players. Um, you know, the Mike Evans thing, we've seen a real downturn in his draft status. He's slid in a whole bunch of those Scott Fishbowl drafts that I've seen. Um, and I think part of this is all one big kind of mess at the offensive line front. They didn't play well last year. They didn't really make uh, many changes or any significant changes um, that should get them into the upper half of the league. So this is going to be one of the five worst offensive lines in the league. And I think the offense suffers as a result of it. Wow. Uh, I, I actually thought they should have moved in another direction on the coaching front. And if you were, if I was placing bets as to which team kind of goes, think, keep in mind, this team has finished in last place five of the last six years. The only time they didn't is because things kind of fell apart on the Panthers two years ago uh, with Cam being banged up. But um, I think Dirk Cutter could be the first guy gone, you know, as far as coaching. Can he get fired during the season? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think this is not going to go well for them. I don't like this campaign at all for them. It's a bummer, too, because the one shot they have is can the defense really can the defense really be one of the best defenses in the league? They have talent everywhere, right? Gerald McCoy and mm-hmm. Quan Alexander and Levante David and uh, Vernon Hargraves. They drafted in the, offense, the first round a couple of years back. 
They added Jason Pierre-Paul and Vita Vea. It could be a really good defensive line. But if that offensive line is not sustaining drives on for them, then they're on the field too much. And we've seen this before. Look, you're a Cowboys fan. A couple of years ago when the Cowboys went 13-3, and it's not because the defense just all of a sudden put it all together. It's because they weren't on the field that much. You were asking the Dallas yeah. Cowboys defense to only be on the field for 55 instead of 70 plays. Those 15 plays can be a lot. That's two They're drives. taxing. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So it's almost like that's my question. Two scoring drives. Yeah, so that's my question. I, I'm not in love with Tampa this year. I think this will be one of the worst offensive lines out there. Uh, they made a couple of free agent acquisitions, but nothing that should move the needle for them to be much better than they were last year. Do you see a situation where um, – do you see a situation in this – the way this way this rookie running back takes over the job could have RB two value. RB two value, yeah, that's as high as I would go, and I wouldn't see it being much better than you know mid range RB two. He's not going to push for crazy yards, and I have him in a dynasty league. I need him to be great, but I don't think I don't see it this year. I think they, I think a lot of changes are going to are coming Tampa's way, and it might unfortunately start mid season, and then we got to figure then we got a whole Jameis debate to do. Which is probably an, an yep. entire one hour of a show. No, no doubt, you got to figure out if you're going to bring him back. Yep. It's interesting, right there. Well, Mike, yeah. it's been good rapping with you, my man. And let me know when Absolutely. you want to come in the studio. Just hit me up. We'll definitely do it this week. Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, I'll figure out my schedule, and uh, we'll figure it out. I'll be in there one day this week for sure. Cool. Anything else uh, planned? Anything else coming up? How are you looking for draft season? Uh, Scott Fishbowl right now plan. I got some notes on, uh, some other upcoming drafts. I got to figure out which ones I can do in person or otherwise. I know there's always the Greenwich street tavern league, which I've avoided the last couple of years just because of bad timing. But uh, yeah. I'd like to get down there with you guys and do an in-person draft. That'd be fun. GST shout out to, uh, NFFC hall of famer, Chris Vaccaro shout out to, Sean Angle down there on the fourth floor. Make sure we sound good. Thank you very much. The kid. For Mike Blue and I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Thanks for hanging with us. Fantasy Football Frenzy a week, the weekend edition. We are out.